Hello. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. The time I was a little girl, reading has been my favorite thing to do. My mother raised seven kids alone after my father died, and as you can imagine, she was always busy trying to keep all the balls in the air. No matter how busy she was or how tired, when I was young, she always made time to drive me to the library every week. She knew how much I loved to read. Reading was as essential to me as drawing my next breath. I even have a personal rating system for my books. I note on the first page of every book the name of who gave it to me or if I purchased it for myself and the date it was received or purchased. I then include its rating. My rating system consists of the following specific rating scale. Either I note that it's a gift to myself, a precious gift to myself, a most precious gift to myself, or my highest rating, a most precious gift to myself indeed. It's National Suicide Prevention Month. Recently, I finished a book, Life After Suicide, by Jennifer Ashton, M.D. In the book, Dr. Ashton chronicles the suicide of her ex-husband and devoted father to their children, Dr. Rob Ashton. Dr. Ashton, a thoracic and cardiac surgeon, killed himself by jumping off the George Washington Bridge in New Jersey. By all accounts, Dr. Rob Ashton was an amazing man, an accomplished professional who was most loved by his family and friends. Dr. Jennifer Ashton did a masterful job in sharing her family's devastation and ultimate survival of her ex-husband's suicide. While finishing up the book, I learned that another physician, Dr. Marsha Edwards, killed herself this week. Dr. Edwards allegedly killed her two adult children, 24-year-old Christopher Edwards and 20-year-old Aaron Edwards, before turning the gun on herself. Dr. Edwards was an accomplished and admired professional who dearly loved her children. Maybe Dr. Edwards' death hit me particularly hard because she was an African-American woman whose background, as shared in media accounts, would have made it unlikely that she would commit suicide. However, since I was reading Dr. Ashton's book, I had more information to better process her death. Her death. Nearly 800,000 people die by suicide in the world each year, which is roughly one death every 40 seconds. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in the world for those aged 15 through 24 years old. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention notes on its website that in 2017 there were 47,173 recorded suicides here in the U.S. That number was an increase from the 42,773 persons who committed suicide in 2014. In 2017, there were 1,400,000 suicide attempts. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death here in the U.S. In 2017, the highest suicide rate was among whites 
while a lower rate, of course, was found in African Americans. In a 2018 Washington Post article by Amy Ellis Nutt, she noted that African American children commit suicide at roughly twice the rate of their white counterparts. Those are staggering numbers and dispel a position long held in our community that African Americans don't commit suicide. It is happening and the results are devastating to those left behind. Suicide leaves survivors reeling from not being able to prevent the death or to say goodbye. They suffer tremendous guilt. The point Dr. Jennifer Ashton shares repeatedly in her book is that we must find a way to take away the stigma of suicide. As a community, we do not have the luxury of talking about suicide in hushed tones. Acting as if it does not happen in our community, and when it does occur, acting in ways which say its occurrence is solely the result of an abnormality of that individual or their remaining loved ones. You may be tempted to cite our lower rate of suicide and make the wrong conclusion that it should not be a priority for us. Well, if that's your position, refer back to the earlier statistic which notes that our children kill themselves at a higher rate than any other group. Can you imagine the total devastation that wreaks on a family, on a community? Truly it takes a village to be on the lookout for signs of depression in our youth, which may indicate that they may literally take matters into their own hands. In her book, Dr. Ashton makes the point that people who commit suicide are suffering from some type of mental distress, be it temporary or ongoing. The person who commits suicide believes that was their best option to end unbearable pain. Survivors are not to be judged and ostracized. Suicide happens. The rates are increasing. We don't have to be hopelessly overwhelmed when hearing about suicide in our community or looking away and pretending we don't know what happened. A simple, I am so sorry, followed by, how can I help, is a great start to support survivors and to help us all to heal. Of course, it is even more important to be proactive. If you know someone who may be in distress, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They can be reached at 800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We must commit to words and actions in our respective roles of influence which serve to remove the stigma of depression and, yes, even suicide. Knowledge gained from Dr. Ashton's book, was a precious gift indeed. Okay, Teresa, well, we've gotten a lot of information today on suicide. Um, some reasons I read why kids commit suicide is that they are depressed. They feel hopeless and helpless. So what do you think we can do better as parents to try and combat those feelings? You know, I believe it's social media. I think that's where we start. Social media and electronics have created isolation within families in many ways. Families no longer talk to one another. 
social media is that thing that is both good and bad. And I believe the greatest impact with that social media is with, with families. Because of the electronics and social media, families don't come together in the way that they used to before. Children are just allowed to spend untold number of hours there. They live out their lives and there they just covet what they see because they people only post, you know, the good stuff. They only post you mean that stuff's not real? No. It's, I mean, I, I hear you it, because I'm an adult, and I sit home at Facebook, and I'm like, yeah, I'm happy, but I'm sitting here on my sofa, and I don't have that kind of life. I know, and it's like keeping up with the Joneses. And see, yeah. you are an adult, like you said, but a child cannot discern that. Right, right. And it makes it very difficult. And this is so unfortunate so I would the advice I would give to parents is to just be intentional. When it comes time to spending with your children, be intentional. Though many times at the end of a week, work week, when I've come home, I have just been so tired. And the last thing I wanted to do was to have a game night or a movie yeah, night. Yeah. But you know what? That's exactly what I had to do. And you know, by the end of the night, it is we're laughing and we're talking. And then, you know, it made it all worth it. So you p families need to really take that time and get to know their children and look for signs that they might be in might be struggling. You need to encourage them to talk. And if you notice trouble, don't hesitate to consult a professional. So um, another thought I have is that diet and nutrition diet and nutrition play a huge part in our moods, emotions, and our mm -hmm. overall well-being. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we get the children, get our children regular checkups. And I know that doctors, pediatricians specifically, don't ever really do blood tests on babies and children because, really? yeah, they don't. You have to ask for it. If you think there's an issue, you should ask for the test, and then they'll do it. But mm -hmm. it's not standard protocol in a checkup. And just from that, you know, check your hormone levels. Check, make sure that all their systems are a go. Um, I just recently read about the vitamin D hormone. When it's deficient, it can actually cause depression. And correcting a vitamin D deficiency can be quite simple. You know, you can you can increase it by um, um, having more exposure to sunlight. You know, by going outside. And well, we've been told not to go outside. Yeah, so. I know, right? And so, you In go outside, and you have to again. This is one of those intentional things, right? So you don't want to overexpose. Mm -hmm. You want to go outside and have your chest. Um, not covered. You want to have your forearms uncovered. You want to go out without your sunglasses. And you want to spend about 30 minutes max in the direct sunlight. And you'll have enough exposure for about a month of vitamin D. Believe it or not. I mean, and there are other ways you can you can also increase your um, uh, your your vitamin D levels by adding things like salmon and tuna and cod liver oil to your diet. Well, that's a lot of great information, Teresa. And the part about social media and isolation, it's really so true. 
When my son was about 12, he'd been asking for a TV in his room for a while, and we gave him one. Um, looking back, I believe for us that was a big mistake, even more so in our instance because he was an only child. So when we put the TV in his room, he began spending more time independently and truth be told, in my business at that time in my life, I was glad to put the TV in his room because it allowed me to parent less. <laughs> well, tell me, how did that work out for you? didn't work out so well. <laughs> As I said, looking back, I now realize that impacted our bonding even more as a family. It made it challenging to help ferret him through those difficult teenage years. Mm -hmm. So what I would offer is to actively work to stay engaged and connected. That's so critical to keeping the lines of communication open and keeping your eyes and ears open to notice the following signs of depression found on the Mayo Clinic's website. Feelings of sadness, irritability or angry outbursts, loss of interest in most normal activities, sleep disturbances, tiredness, lack of energy, reduced appetite and weight loss, or increased food cravings and weight gain, anxiety, agitation or restlessness, feelings of unworthiness or guilt, trouble thinking or concentrating, frequent thoughts of death or suicide, unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. So this reminds me that we have to truly be intentional because these are signs and symptoms of so many things. Right, it could right, just be right. typical teenage angst, right, but we right. have to be, we have to know our children. A absolutely, and we have to be comfortable with communicating and allowing them to communicate with us to let us know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this has been helpful information for our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please visit our website at www.earringsoff.com to share your thoughts on this episode and to talk with us about this topic. Also, please remember the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline as a resource. They can be reached at 800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Lastly, let's all work together to remove the stigma and to be proactive to prevent suicide. Let's commit to doing better. Have a great day, and again, thanks for joining us at Earrings Off.